0: And now, your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley.
2: Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley. And as always, want to learn more about Lifestyles Unlimited and the real estate education and mentoring program? Call us at 866-945-6565. That's 866-945-6565. 6565 or go to LifestylesUnlimited.com to register for our free workshop. We're working on your financial freedom. Today I've got four different topics I'm going to cover. Uh, So hopefully I can get each topic covered during a segment uh, and not go long on it. But if we don't, I just won't get to them. But the first topic uh, was brought about by me doing some uh, reading this morning. And uh, I like to read other people's self-help stuff and see what they come up with and see if it makes sense to me. I was reading an article by a guy, and actually it was a video um, that was sent to me uh, as an advertisement, and the guy was supposedly an expert at goal setting. Okay, And I say supposedly because, first of all, the guy looked like a gigantic fat human being with fuzzy beard. He didn't look professional at all. He didn't look like he could be what he was claiming to be. He said he was a personal coach and a business coach. and you know, he had this bit about goal setting. Now, as I get into this, I don't want you to get wrapped up in the fact that I'm calling this guy a really disgusting looking human being. That's not really the point. The point I'm making is, if this guy is so successful, why would he not be successful enough to lose weight and get in shape and look like a professional, you know, business person? See, you just got to look at people and see, what, what what are they doing? What How much of what they're talking about is just BS, right? How much is real and how much is crap? And so I decided I was going to listen to the guy's stuff. I wanted to see what he had to say. Maybe I was wrong uh, about the guy in first impression, you know, whatever. But remember this. I was 200 pounds in fourth grade. I've been fat. Just like a black person could call a black person black, a fat man could call another fat man fat. And that is not an insult or discrimination in any way, shape, or form. What it is is, hey, I've been that, and I figured out how to fix it. He just hasn't or doesn't want to, one of the two. Now, moving on to the material, because the material is quite interesting. He says in his goal setting piece, and it was just a small piece, he said, don't start with unrealistic goals. Do not start with unrealistic goals. And don't set too many goals. Well, you can see what he means by too many goals. He's got one goal, get out a video to try to sell some product, but no, goal on getting in shape, no goal on shaving off the beard and looking like a nice, clean cut, all-American business person that would actually attract someone to want to help them. You know, if he's a business coach, he needs to understand sales and he does not look the part. Fake it till you make it is something that every sales book in the world has in it, which means you've got to dress for success. And the guy just didn't look the part. But irrespective of that, his comments and concepts are completely wrong. Let me explain to you what I mean. He's saying less is more, focus is more important than after only one or two things in life and or at any moment and then be successful at those things. Well, that's what we call priorities, right, not goals. You could have ten different goals. Could you not have a goal that I want to be financially free? Could you not at the same time have a goal, I'd like to be physically fit? Could you at the same time have a goal that I'd like to have a great relationship with my, my wife? I'd like to have a great relationship with my kids. Could you have many goals at the same time? I'd like to do something for my church. Why can't you have all those goals? But what he should be talking about if he get his verbiage right, his vernacular is wrong, is that you should only focus on one thing at a time. And as you're working on that one thing, you focus on that one thing. That's a priority. And if you have more than three priorities in life, you don't have any priorities at all. So you have momentary priorities in your life. But let's think about this. He's saying, don't set unrealistic goals. Every goal out there is unrealistic. Every goal is unrealistic. For example, I want to retire. Well, let's talk about that for a second. You want to retire. So your goal is basically unrealistic. Say, well, I want to retire, and by the time I'm 30, by the time I'm 50, 60, 70 years old. Now you're saying, well, that's not so unrealistic, right? But if you say that to yourself, I'm going to retire by the time I'm 65 years old. Guess what will happen? Exactly that. You've given yourself a very realistic goal that you can meet. And when you meet that goal at 65 years of age and you retire, you have completely become successful being mediocre. You are now a mediocre human being. But what's wrong with that is that you've been mediocre your entire life because you never stressed your abilities. You never tapped into your real power because you set wimpy goals. If you set wimpy goals, you get wimpy results. So I would like to suggest to you that this guy is getting it wrong and maybe we can help him out by just giving him a little more information. That there's really two types of goals in your life. There's short-term and long-term goals. There's big goals. And then there's monetary or momentary steps in between where you take that goal and you break it up into bite-sized pieces. So if I were to say, I wanna retire in five years or less, that's probably an unrealistic goal. According to this guy, I'm sure. To most people, that's unrealistic. Yet we have people here at Lifestyles do it over and over and over and over again. Now, once they decide that that is their goal, then we're going to sit down with some short-term goals, right? And the short, short-term goals are going to be set up to get something done in a time period, a short time period. In other words guy the other day said his wife told him if you're going to do this stuff I want you to buy the first house within 30 days and he bought the first house within 30 days. She told him if you're going to go after apartments I want the first apartment complex within 45 days or 90 days whatever it was and he, he went and he got it within 90 days. Those were short-term goals where he focused on one topic at a time but they did not and were not and are not even today his long-term goal. His long-term goal Might be to own, I think he said he wanted to be like Robert Martinez, so he wants to own 10 apartment complexes. Or better, thereof. Have an incredible business. Have incredible employees. Have an incredible life. That's a big, unrealistic goal for a guy that only owned nine houses and even four years ago didn't even own nine houses. Now he wants to own 10 apartment complexes. Wow. So here's this guy trying to convince people in a seminar, in a video that was set out, that you should have wimpy little goals. Man. Let's think about this for a second. How do you set a goal? To set a goal, you've got to ask a question. And you have to ask the right question. For example, I want to lose weight. I can tell you how to lose weight. If you ask yourself how to lose weight it's very simple stop eating right you'll lose weight but is that really what you want i can tell you another way work out 12 hours a day every day and you'll lose some weight but is that really what you want so you're not asking the right question you could lose 100 pounds Or you can lose 20 pounds and gain it all back the next week. So losing weight, is that really the question? Is that really the goal? The goal is to lose weight and then to gain it right back again? That's not really the goal, is it? But you haven't defined the goal. And if you don't define the goal, the goal will define itself. So how many of you start on a diet and exercise program and say, I'm going to lose some weight? And you do. You lose 5 or 10, maybe 15 or 20 pounds but you never get all the way to where you really want to be. And you don't, in most cases, maintain what you've already accomplished. So you ask the wrong question. A better question would be, how could I lose 15 pounds? How could I lose 25 pounds, a very specific amount? And that would be a better question because you know whether you've succeeded or not. When you lose 15 pounds, You've succeeded, right? But that may not get you where you really wanna be. A better question is, what if you lose the 15 pounds and gain it back? A better question is going to be, how do I lose 15 pounds and then maintain that loss? That's the key. Asking the right questions is going to create the right results. But they've gotta be giant, giant goals. Because if you shoot for the mountaintop, you're gonna hit the dirt. If you shoot for the stars, you're gonna hit the dirt. We'll take a short break, pick this up on the other side, we'll be right back with the Del Wample Radio Show.
0: To the Dell Wansley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life changing principles in just a few minutes.
1: We know you're out there, hiding in plain sight, living a life of quiet desperation, wondering if you're going to beat your money to the grave. There's a better way, a better life at Lifestyles Unlimited. It's time to live the life you deserve. You can only do that by creating passive income. Let us show you how. It's just two hours. It can't be worse than another meeting about meetings or another mindless night in front of the TV. Go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com. That's lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com.
3: What would two to $500 extra income a month do for you? It's one of the five ways investment real estate earns money. And at Lifestyles Unlimited, we will show you how. Lifestyles Unlimited has been teaching people how to invest in real estate for 29 years. Lifestyles Unlimited will teach you the five ways to make money with real estate investing. The first way is cash flow. Cash flow is the reason we seek passive income producing assets. When you have cash flow, you have income. You buy a piece of real estate where the rental income is greater than the monthly income by a decent margin. Lifestyles Unlimited will teach you about proper cash flow and other ways that real estate makes you money. To learn how to attend a free Lifestyles Unlimited workshop, call 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com and learn the map to financial freedom in less than five years. That's 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com Talk thirteen seven the right
1: choice. ...education and mentoring group that has been taking people by the hand and teaching them how to invest in real estate for over 25 years. Our students have been so successful at creating wealth and passive income that they've won local, state, and national investor of the year awards 10 of the last 10 years. It's easy to see why Think Realty Magazine named us the best in the U.S. If you're ready to add real estate to your portfolio, go to lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com to access
0: our free live training event schedule. back now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire america one person at a time del wamsley
2: welcome back to del wamsley radio show in the first segment we're talking about goal setting and about a, a video that i watched today uh by some guy that just doesn't look like he's what he thinks he is uh which is a personal and business coach because he's saying things like, uh, don't set unrealistic goals, don't set too many goals, less is more, focus is important, and all he's talking about is, hey, how do I get across town for my, my job today? I mean, this is unrealistic is what the world is all about. You have been given a set of realistic goals from your childhood. Don't do this, don't do that, don't play in the street, you get hit by a car. All this messaging you've got in your entire life leads to a life of quiet desperation, Think about the lies that we are told during our entire life. Don't play in the street. So you tell your kid don't play in the street, and what have you done? You've taken away their ability to get anywhere because now they're afraid of the street. When the truth of the matter is you walk out in the street, you can play in it all you want as long as you look to your left and look to your right because cars only come from two directions, and you watch for big, noisy things coming at you. Then you can play in the street all you want. Well, the same thing is true. Take your money and put it in a 401k and put it in an IRA because it's safe And you. But what you've done is you've taken away the vehicle. You've taken away the vehicle to, to where you want to be in life, to be wealthy and successful financially. You can't put your money in a 401k and an IRA. So you've been told your whole life to do these moderately easy things. So you go through life. You go through college because if you don't have a college degree, you can't get a good job. So then you go and you get a good job. Now you're working and and you're saving 10% of what you earn or 5% of what you earn or whatever. Now you go out there and you find yourself a spouse and you get married. And now you have to go out there and buy yourself a house. This is expected of you. So you now go and spend your money on a house and a car. Now your car and house broke. And then you get yourself a baby. And then you get two babies and three babies. And now your baby broke. And then you're raising these kids and your life is miserable. You get up every day, you go to work, and you suffer, and you have a miserable life. You come home, and after the boss gave you crap all day long, you come home, and the kids give you crap, and your wife gives you crap and tells you you got to do all the stuff you don't want to do, and you're tired, and you're busy, and you're worn out, but you can't do any of it. And, you know, your kids loved you until they get to be about 14, and after that, The older they get, the dumber you get. and So you have all these things going on in your life that makes your life miserable. But every day, you've got to get up in the morning, go and drive for an hour to get to work, and then work all day long and drive for an hour back. And all this time, your money's earning no money. You're developing no savings. You're not getting any closer to being retired. And you realize you have to do this for the rest of your life. And then it happens right? It's just, you're, you're almost nervous breakdown. At this point, what you do is you need somebody to love you because nobody else is loving you. And so you get yourself a dog and the dog loves you. When you come home, you got somebody who loves you. Problem is you got to pick up its turds in the backyard. So he's believing you crap every day too. Now, now you got more people giving you crap and you do this for 30 or 40 or 50 years. And you go, I did it. I accomplished what I set out to accomplish. I did what the plan was to do. I've got the kids through college, they're out of college, we're empty nesters, don't really know my wife anymore, we really don't have any type of relation anymore, but we'll we'll get it back, we'll kindle it back now when she's so old that, you know, I don't even really want to look at her, I'm so out of shape that I really can't do anything if I did, and you know, we'll get back, and we'll try to live 65 years of our life for the next five to ten years of our elderly lives. Except for one problem, we don't have enough money to do that, so I'm going to have to continue to work part-time. Or if we do have enough money to retire, it's just barely enough, and we will not be able to travel the world because we don't have enough money to travel the world. We're just going to have to live frugally and go to dinner at 4 o'clock every day to get the senior's discount, right? That's life. And that was a well-laid plan. That was a serious set of goals that you had for your life, but they're mediocre. What good is it to set goals that are mediocre? This guy is so crazy, so out of it, that he's teaching the same lies that everybody else in life teaches, which is, less is more, don't set unrealistic goals. Wow. And, by the way, don't set more than one goal, right? Like, you shouldn't have a goal that by the time and during my entire 30 years of working, I could stay physically fit? that I could create and maintain great relations with my spouse, that I have a great set of relations with my children. Those goals are too many, you can't have them all. You gotta get that money that you can retire with. You have gotta get that 40 years of work under your belt. You have gotta have that big house and you become house poor. You need two or three cars, you need four college degrees. Little Billy can't even read or write and he's going to college. Because that's the goals that were set up. You have a set of goals. And they are wimpy. They are realistic, but boy, do you really want them? Just because you can be wimpy doesn't mean you have to be wimpy. Or that you should be wimpy. Yes, we all have the capacity to live a mediocre life, a life of quiet desperation. We all have that capacity, but does that mean we have to use that capacity? Does that mean we need to live down to society's standards? I don't think so. I firmly believe that you need to shoot for the stars. You've got to go for something big. Hey, I'd rather go for something big and not get there, miss the stars and hit the moon, than to go for something moderate that I can achieve. You're way better off, right? So to do that, we go back to the questions. You have to ask the right questions. How do I retire? In five years, not in 35 or 40 or 50 years, you have to have a timetable and it has to be an unrealistic one. And that's what people do when they come to Lifestyles. I'm gonna retire in five years or less. You have to say, I wanna retire making more, taking home more cash than I take home from my job. I don't wanna retire because I'm living poor. No, I understand that I make $100,000 a year but I only take $60,000 a year home. That's all I take home. That's what I live on after taxes and my 401k contribution and everything else that comes out of my check. So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna take home $65,000 a year of tax-free income and keep it all. Now, why do I want $65,000 worth? Because I wanna do better than what I did at my job. I took home 60, now I wanna take home 65. So I've got these financial goals, but at the very same time I'm accomplishing these goals over the next five years, I want to lose 25 pounds and I want to keep it off. And I don't want to do something I don't enjoy to do it, so I'm not going to do a starvation diet or join up for one of these stupid diet programs. I'm going to learn to eat the moderate way that I should to not only lose the weight, but to maintain that while eating foods I enjoy. Now that's a good goal. I'm going to learn to work out in a way that keeps me fit, but in a way that I can enjoy so I can maintain it for the rest of my life. I'm going to work in one or two date nights a week with my wife. I don't care that we're so busy with our kids. One night a week, somebody's going to babysit those kids. I'm going to go to my kids' games. I'm going to get out there and see them do these things while they're young so they'll forever know that their parent cares. And I'm going to do all these goals at the same time. We'll take a short break, be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show.
0: You're listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes.
3: post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk 1370, the right choice. you free from the man
0: on a mission to retire America, one person at a time. Dell Wamsley.
2: Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today, I want to discuss with you a different concept. The concept is one of dead equity and what it's doing to you as a human being or as a family with your investments. And I do this in live seminars in a way that really probably doesn't work on the radio, but I'll go through it for you because if you listen to the podcast, if you're driving, you're probably not going to be able to get this, but if you listen to the podcast, and by the way, if you are driving and listening to the shows, you should realize that there are podcasts of every show I do that you can go back to and listen to again if you'd like to. So if you miss this, that's fine, but what everybody do is add up their total net worth. So that'd be the value of your net value of your home after you take off the mortgage. Uh, your 401k, your IRA, your savings accounts, your uh, stocks and bonds, your cash savings, all of your t- assets, including little Billy's college fund, all of your money, add it all up. What are you? What is your net worth? Most people don't even know that. And that's the first thing you should do is know what your net worth is. Uh, you can't have a goal like we we're talking last segment about a goal of something you don't even know what it is. And your net worth is really the secret to wealth. Um, You've got to be able to build that net worth. And secondly, not only do you want to build and protect that net worth, you have to have a return on it. And if you don't have a return on it, then it's useless even having it because all you're going to do is you're going to spend it one way or another, whether you spend it now or you spend it later, you're just spending it. So the net worth has to have a return. So what I want you to do is add up your net worth. Then what I want you to do is take and add up all of your passive income. For a year ago, 2017, and passive income is going to be, you know, interest income, royalty income, net rental income. That's the net amount after all the costs and expenses that goes with it. Uh, net rental income. Uh, it's those things that come to you from investments. Now, by the way, a uh, retirement account is not passive income. That's earned, deferred earned income. In other words, you've already earned it, and now you're getting paid it right? That's deferred compensation. So that is not earned income uh, or is not passive income. A 401k money, if you're pulling money out of a 401k, that is not passive income because the 401k is earned income. You put it in there, your employer matched it because you had a job. So what you got to ask yourself is what income producing assets do I own? And how much income did I own? Even if I didn't go to work, how much income would I earn? In 2017 now the next step is to take the income and divide it by the net worth and what you have is a return on your net worth and what most people find when we do this live is that 90 90 95% of the people have less than 1% return on their net worth now how do you expect your family to get anywhere financially when you're making less than 1% on your net worth That's a very scary thought to try to figure that out, how you think you're gonna get rich on that or how you're gonna live off of that. Even if you had a high net worth, you only made a half a percent or a tenth of a percent. I mean, you're talking about, they don't even have a percent return. They have a tenth of a percent return is what you're looking at. Now, that's about 90% of the people. And then some people have some investments, say another five percent, to six or seven percent more, so you're up to like 95, 96, 97 percent, and they're making somewhere between one and five percent return on their net worth. And that's because they've employed this capital to do something, right? Now the problem is some they might even be making deals that make a hundred percent return on a real estate deal, but that hundred percent then is divided out across... worth of net worth and it doesn't really mean anything, because it's a very small percentage. So they have lowered this return, even though they're out there doing stuff that's very successful investments, but they've lowered the rate of return on those investments by having too much equity. So the number one thing that kills an investor is debt equity. That's money sitting there doing nothing. What are the worst culprits? The worst culprits are your personal residence. Your 401k and your IRA. Now, I know you think that you've got 400000 in your IRA or your 401k. I'm sorry. You don't. Because you have to give up half of it to take it out. Even if you wait until you're 59 and a half, you still have to pay your income tax rate on that money to get it out. So you don't have what you think in there. So it's really kind of delusional. You know, you're thinking, wow, this thing's making me money. But it isn't because you have never got it. If you don't get the money, you aren't earning the money. This is something you have to understand. Until you earn money and get it where you can spend it, you haven't earned it. You say, well, it's on a piece of paper called my 401k, and I see that numbers on that piece of paper getting larger. Sure, and they will until the day they don't, and that day they might go backwards on you. So you can't say, well, I was up to 500,000, now I'm down to 300,000, So, but I made the 200,000. No, you never made the 200,000, guys. That's the problem. You're not seeing it for what it really is. You've got to get that personal residence, which you've got $400,000 of your, personal of your life savings in that house. What does it earn you? Nothing. Do you still have to pay taxes? You've paid off the mortgage, but do you still have to pay the taxes? Yes. You still have to pay the insurance? Yes. You still have to pay for maintenance and repair? Yes. You still have to pay, you know, spend time and money to mow the yard, and to whatever, that's maintenance, I guess. All of that stuff but you haven't earned a dime by paying it off. None. If you get sued, and it's not your personal residence, say it's a rental property, they can take it away from you. It's just the thought of paying off a house is so common, yet so ignorant in every way, shape, and form. There's absolutely nothing logical about paying off your personal residence other than this, and this is the one logical one, and that is, you've got so much money, cash, to invest, that you can make the income that you want to make with the money you have liquid and not need the money in the house. But if you cannot make with the cash you have available to you enough income to retire and live the way you want, then that money sitting in your house is killing you. Now, let's talk about the guy who was on the radio the other day. He had bought nine houses over four years, and turn around and look back and say, "Wow, they were all good deals. We, we did really well in each one of them." But four years later, he's got eight hundred thousand dollars of equity. Eight hundred thousand sitting there. Let's do some math. Let me get up the trusty phone here. Let's do some math, just to show you what I mean. All right, he's making four thousand a month. Four thousand times twelve. Make it forty-eight thousand a year divided by eight hundred thousand dollars of equity. He's making a six percent return. Do you see what I mean? Now, what did he invest into those houses? He probably invested less than twenty-five thousand a house. Let's say twenty grand a house times nine. Let's come up with that number. Just show you the difference. What he thinks he's earning, or what most people think they're earning, twenty thousand times nine is one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Now take. The the, um, 4,000 times 12, 48,000 a year, divided by 180,000, and he thinks he's making 26.6% return. The numbers he's calculated and and the numbers he shared with us was that kind of return in the 20s, high 20 returns. He thinks he's making 26% return. But in reality, he's making 6% return on his family's net worth. His net worth in those houses is 800,000 bucks. He thinks it's 180, because he's not counting all of the dead equity. It's just like it's not even there. Just like you're paid in full home, that money's not even there. It's this kind of thinking, guys, that keep you poor. What I want you to do First of all, I want you to figure out if you want to make any money and become rich and retire early. That's the first step. And if you do, then what do we need to do? Then we need to get on top of where your money is going to come from to invest. Do we have enough to work to start with without doing anything? You just got money laying around? We'll do that then. If not, where's the next easiest place to get the money that costs us the least to go get the money? And we'll take a look at those options. Maybe it's borrow from your 401K. Maybe it's liquidate your 401K. Maybe it's uh, liquidate your IRA. Maybe it's refinance and cash out refinance your house. you got rental properties. Maybe we refinance and pull equity out, or maybe it's time to sell them and move on to something larger like an apartment complex. Those are the kinds of decisions we have to make about your financial position before you even start making a move. Because if you start small, and collect pebbles, you're going to end up with a bucket full of pebbles and you're never going to own a rock. If you want to own a rock, you got to figure out how to go buy a rock. And that rock may mean you have to trade in all your pebbles. Remember Monopoly? Four greenhouses and then turn it over to a hotel. And then three hotels. Yeah, that's Monopoly. That's what we're playing in life. Same game, different name. Ours is called Life. Take a short break. Be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show.
0: You're listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life changing principles in just a few minutes.
1: We know you're out there, hiding in plain sight, living a life of quiet desperation, wondering if you're going to beat your money to the grave. There's a better way, a better life, at Lifestyles Unlimited. It's time to live the life you deserve. You can only do that by creating passive income. Let us show you how. It's just two hours. It can't be worse than another meeting about meetings or another mindless night in front of the TV. Go to LifestylesUnlimitedAustin.com. That's LifestylesUnlimitedAustin.com.
3: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
0: Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Dell Wamsley.
2: Welcome back to Dell Walmsley Radio Show. Um, I was reading an article here that was rather interesting, stimulated the thought process, and says, what are the top ten markets for long-term investing, as in single-family housing, I think they're talking about, or maybe not, might be multifamily housing also. Um, but the concept was an interesting one to me. And they, they produced this uh, proposal, theory, theorem, whatever it is, that... When you're looking for a long-term market to invest in, you should be looking for a market in middle range of rent growth and rate growth and value growth. And the theory is, if you're in the booming markets, like in the past, we've had Florida was booming, California was or whatever, or Phoenix for a while was booming, back in 2006, 2007, they were just unhooked. Um, that those booming markets are the ones that are most susceptible to any type of a recession. That those numbers will come crashing down because they're balloon numbers, they're artificially too high. Then they say if you're in a really deep recession state, right, um, the question is will it come out of that recession or not? How long before it comes out of that recessed condition? Uh, And that might be if ever, right? So if you've got very low in sluggish growth, you may get no growth at all, or it might end up like Michigan did for a while. Uh, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, Detroit, some of these places um, where the cities almost closed down some percentage of the whole city, and you could lose everything. So what they're saying is moderate growth cities. Now, they go on to bring up this next term that's rather interesting Let's see if I can find that term real quick and that is um, income pricing calculations and what they're saying is what you look for what they're looking for for their long-term investments is a city where the cost of living uh, is equivalent to the growth of single-family or multi-family housing cost of housing let's just put it that way so if you live in a city where you can work an average job and afford to pay an average housing check, bill, income, rent, mortgage, whatever, then that is sustainable. That that area will continue to grow at a moderate rate of growth, but a sustainable rate of growth for a long period of time. It's not blowing up, and it's not dying. So that's what they say they're looking for. And they're basing it off this ratio between income and housing costs. So I thought about that for a second. I said, you know, I, I, I've seen when you get into the bottom and get into an area, and I bought into that area and it did nothing for long periods of time. Uh, I've also bought in areas that were down that gave me an opportunity for good growth because maybe the, the area was in transition. Maybe it was an area that was what they call regentrifying, changing, repositioning itself. Um, I've been in areas that were overheated, and I've never really liked overheated areas because you pay way too much to buy stuff and so I've never really bought into it I, I mean I've seen them I've not been in them but I've seen them and I've got out I've always got out right when things get super 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 hot because to me rule number one is don't lose money and if there's gonna be a you know if there's gonna be a bust I don't want to be in that asset when there's a bust on that asset so When things get super, super hot, I tend to sell, take my profits, you know, and hey, wouldn't it be great if you could know when the market was coming up, get in it, stay in it till it got up to just about where it got too hot, and get out. That's been my success for 27, 30 years of investing in real estate. I get in when it's low to moderate, and I get out before it becomes fire hot. So I never am buying speculation right i'm never buying speculation yet over the past years i've learned because when i first started i bought really low price really bad area of properties i've learned that that's not that good either because the, the problems and the challenges with those areas are not worth it in the long run i did my best on my moderate properties all the stuff i bought in the middle just and it was beautiful stuff and it started 1978 construction and went all the way to 1985 construction, 78 to 85, those eras, those moderate eras which were either C or B product, C to B product is where I made my killing. That's where I got rich. Quite honestly, I, my millions came from those properties, that era. And so I tend to believe these guys have got it. Now they've given us 10 areas they think are the 10 best possible. let me see if we got enough time to get through these 10 uh number one well, i don't know if they're in particular they just got 10 that are best las vegas uh, has an 8% price increase in 2016 11% in 2017 has a 1% variance between housing costs and income sacramento california had a 7% last year 10% this year minneapolis minnesota had 5% last year 8% this year ogden utah went from 8 to 10 fort worth went from 9 to 11 Grand Rapids went from 8 to 10, Portland went from 5 to 8, Boston went from 6 to 8, and Columbus, Ohio went from 7 to 8. And all of these areas had less than a 10% variance between cost of living and income. And some of them actually had a negative variance, which means it was really cheaper to live there. or You really got paid more than what you could afford to live there very easily. In other words, it's a positive thing. If that's the case, what we're going to do, let's get ourselves in some good, solid, middle-of-the-line real estate investments that are going to solidly maintain their growth over a long period of time. And that will solidify your family's wealth for your entire generation. That's all you need. Then, periodically, if anything changes, you're going to change too. Remember, real estate's like a train. You can hear it coming down the tracks, unlike a bullet, which will kill you in one day. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow.